Welcome back. It's episode number 14 of the Dome Zone podcast. Dawson Isola with you alongside me, Mason Nunez. Mason, I'll paint the picture for you, all right? Went to the Dome, of course, as we talked about, was in attendance for the first time this year. Um, enjoyed the game, enjoyed the win. It was great to be back on the winning side. Again, as I mentioned, anytime you sweep Atlanta, that's a good thing. Um, you know, was uh, out having dinner after the game, kind of just, you know, digesting the victory and everything like that. Saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game was on. They're up 17 nothing, I believe, on the Bengals. And I had some comfort. I said, okay, it's it. You know, we don't have to worry about putting in scenarios into the playoff machine, nothing like that. We're not making the playoffs. Tampa's winning division. It's fine. I'm at peace with it. Then Tampa Bay chokes much like we did against them. The Bengals dominate the second half of that football game. And the Saints still have some type of hope in the playoff race. I just don't understand it. Um, we still are somehow in it, despite being probably the worst Saints team in more than a decade. Uh, we're still sitting here with a chance. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. it I, it's a weird thing to think about. I almost want to say I felt better thinking that we were you know, effectively eliminated from the playoffs. I'm a little uneasy now because now you know we have that hope. Hope hurts. It happens to everyone. Hope leads to disappointment, but you know we'll see what happens. Um, but hey, with that being said, your first appearance in the dome this year led to a win. Do we need to make some calls and get you some tickets next year, or what? I mean, hey, we talked about that. Look, I'm not going to say one way or another. All I'm saying is we're undefeated when I'm there, and we're four and nine when I'm not. So, uh, you know, take with those numbers what you will, but. Let's talk about this game because I we went into it and I said last week, oh, look, I thought I didn't see many scenarios in which the Saints lost this game because I just didn't think Atlanta was going to be able to do a ton of things on offense, dealing with a rookie quarterback in Ritter, the Saints D kind of getting healthier, um, you know, getting guys back like Werner, Davenport. Um, I don't I don't know if they played to my expectations just because of what I felt like. Atlanta couldn't do offensively. Atlanta was able to run the ball, though, and that's one thing we talked about. That's still the big issue for this defense um, is defending the run. Atlanta was able to run the ball. They were able to get back in the game. Our offense, it just feels like there's no killer instinct on this offense. You come out with a couple of great scripted drives early, and then things got stagnant. So overall, I mean, that's the other thing, too, though, when you talk about still you know, mathematically having a chance in the playoffs – I don't feel like this team is getting much better. Um, and I didn't come away from that game against Atlanta saying, you know, that I, I think we've turned some of the things around. I just feel like you beat a pretty bad football team or at least below average football team. Well, you know, look, it's a weird way to put it. And, you know, we talk about this all the time is that, you know, winning solves everything. But at the same time, when you're in the situation that the Saints are in right now, I I feel like they played worse than we thought they were going to do. I mean, we came away with a victory, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, a, a foregone conclusion anywhere at any point in that game. I mean, Desmond Ritter didn't look terrible, but he also, you know, didn't do much. I mean, what did we expect? A rookie quarterback making his first start? And we talked about the rush defense. I mean, Atlanta rushed for, what, 231 yards? Just gashed us. Same thing they did week one, and it's the same issue over and over again with this defense. Offense has no edge. Defense cannot stop the run. And like you said, I don't see this team putting things together in the next few weeks suddenly and, you know, flipping the switch on what this team really is. So, I don't know. We're still somehow in the playoff hunt, but – 
I don't feel any more confident after watching the Falcons game this weekend. Yeah, and let's let's take a look, you know, by the numbers for this. I mean, that's where it gets interesting because from a yardage standpoint, it was 348 to 320. Like we're saying, not a huge advantage one way or the other. Now, the Saints threw for 214 yards. A large chunk of that was thanks to Taysom Hill and Rashid Shahid. Um, Atlanta threw for just 89. So that's where you take a look at Ritter's stat line and you'd say 13 to 26, 97 yards. Obviously, that's not very impressive, but he did run for 38 yards and he didn't turn the ball over. So I thought as a rookie quarterback coming into a difficult spot, um, the other thing is one of the reasons he didn't have to throw it that much is because they were never that far out of it. The only time the Saints had a big lead was, you know, early on in that game. Um, so yeah, Ritter certainly didn't do anything next level. And I thought, Hey, you at least took advantage of the fact that it was a rookie quarterback. It was a limited offense. You knew Atlanta couldn't do some of the things, you know, with their passing concepts that they would have liked to, um, without, you know, the experience at the position. So kudos in that spot, but overall, yeah, like we're saying, just not super inspired by the performance. And there you mentioned it rushing two thirty one to one thirty four. That's still an issue. They ran for six yards of carry 5.9. We ran for 3.9. I mean, that's a full two, two extra yards per play. That's a problem. And so that's kind of been the issue when you've, you're 14 games in, you know, you're not trying to see things that are in between the lines. We've seen what this team is defensively, and that's that's just what they are right now. So, yeah, I would say if you're going to put together a run here, which we have to, you know, we have to talk about that possibility because it continues to be one shocking too to me because the NFC South has felt like a division that's been pretty solid for the better half of, you know, two decades. Of course, you've had some franchise quarterbacks roll through there, MVPs won um, by different guys, but it's it's a weak division. It's by far the weakest in football and the Saints are still here. So let's talk about some of the things that were productive and were exciting to see. I know you're excited to talk about him. Let's talk about Rashid Shahid because every week he does something to one-up himself. Rashid Shahid, he's just a weapon. That's the best way to put it. He's an X factor in this offense, and I still think we he's criminally underutilized. I still don't understand, you know, why he's not getting more reps. I feel like, you know, the past few weeks he's kind of starting to climb in and get a little bit more time on the field, but I still, and this is just my opinion, you can tell me if I'm wrong, I just feel like he's, you know, he has a huge explosive play like we saw the touchdown from Hill to Shahid, and then he just kind of vanishes, like, you just almost don't look his way. Um, but, I mean, if we're going to talk about X-Factors and weapons as well, I mean, you got Taysom Hill back there. That's a weapon in its own. Yeah, Taysom. And, and look, I for the life of me, I guess part of it comes back to kind of conventional ways of thinking and not wanting to get too far away from it. But in my opinion, when you're as you know bad as the Saints have been at times offensively this year and you have something like Taysom Hill – I just feel like you use it for everything it's worth. I don't think there's any reason to like have any sort of snap count limit going into it. And at times, like we've seen this year, when Taysom comes in and teams don't have an answer for something, just go back to it. Just make them stop it. And if that means Taysom throwing the football eight to ten times in a game, I'm fine with that. He's played the quarterback position. It's not like it's some you know Wildcat-style thing where you don't trust him with the ball. I mean, he started games for you at the quarterback spot. So if you just kind of... You know, if it ends up being a 50-50 split with Andy Dalton, like it's not like the offense with Dalton is anything to like, you know, you're fearing messing it up. Like there's no sense of rhythm when Dalton's out there anyway. Uh, so for me, yeah, I you say Shahid, I say Taysom. I want that connection more often. I don't want that to be one, you know, gadget play down the field for 68 yards. I want them to kind of develop a rapport. And 
you know, I understand not wanting to go full-blown Taysom at the quarterback spot because he does have, you know, a tendency to get erratic when you start putting that pressure on him and you put him into some, like, obvious throwing situations. But, you know, let's get weird, man. We're not a great team, but we have a chance to somehow make a playoff, you know, make the playoffs and make a run here. Let's get weird. Let's play Taysom more and more. Let's, you know, utilize different packages, you know, run more routes to Shahid. Yeah, I'm all for it. Anything at this point to kind of shake things up offensively and try to, you know, do something special. It's fine with me. Yeah, and on a side note, just aside from those two guys, can we talk about the development of Jawan Johnson? I mean, he's evolved completely. I mean, he's slowly making his way into one of the more solid tight ends in this league at this point. I mean, he's a good vertical threat. He's got great run after catch. And I mean, I think he's right now top five in touchdowns caught by tight ends in the league. I know it's not saying much. Tight end is a weak Weak spot and at this point in the NFL era, but Juwan Johnson looks good. He looks really good, man. No, and, and and I think that's one of those things too, where it goes to show you sometimes, you know, us not knowing things and the NFL being as unpredictable as it is, because at the wide receiver position, how much time do we spend talking about guys like Jarvis Landry and now Raheed Shahid's the guy that we're talking up, right? At the tight end spot, Adam Trotman when he was drafted. I mean, and I'll say it too. I was a guy who was all aboard the Adam Trotman train, thought he was going to be the next game breaker in our offense. And a couple of years later, you're looking at Jawan Johnson kind of being the future at that position, um, at least the way it stands right now for us. Over Troutman. So, yeah, these things are interesting. Johnson, I mean, of course, a converted wide receiver. Um, That's something that I, you know, it's tough to do. We've seen guys try to do that in the NFL, and it's a different skill set required to play the position, more blocking, you know, more physicality. And he's done a great job of it, and that's the thing to me that not only has he gotten better as a receiver, I feel like he's gotten better as an overall player, uh, and and he's trusted more. You talk about Shahid earning more playing time. Juwan Johnson's done that. He's earned his way onto the field. He's staying on the field. And he's making plays. I mean, he's a legit red zone target, a guy that clearly Andy Dalton has a lot of trust in. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. And you know, from a contract standpoint, he's a guy that that's probably earned himself some more opportunities moving forward. Yeah, I would definitely think so. And if I'm the front office, I'm looking at that contract right now, figuring out what exactly I need to do to keep this man on the team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think that. You know, he's he's earned that. And if, if it's not with us, he's going to get another shot somewhere else, you know. So he's he's definitely earned his way um, and earned his keep to this point. So, you know, I do want to talk about something, just the stagnant nature of the offense. And that's what I'm talking about with with the Taysom things and, and the different things that have happened. Um, because the Saints look outside of, of course, you, you sit there at the end and, and you look up and they have 21 points on the board. Um, 14 of those were on your first two drives. You go 10 plays for 75 yards on the first drive, two plays, 73 yards. And of course that's the Shahid pass to Taysom Hill. Um, and then outside of that, look, you had one drive in the second half that netted points and it was a nice 75 yard touchdown drive, but the in between with this offense. And that's my thing with Andy Dalton. Um, because most of those drives of course are, are him primarily playing the spot, you know, without, you know, outside of the Taysom situations, you're just stagnant and you're not playing a defense that's particularly dominant in Atlanta. It doesn't seem to matter. And I, and I think we go back to this, this point where you had a couple of big games scoring wise against Arizona and things where you were down and you were kind of fighting your way back. But when this team is on schedule and, and leading games, there just doesn't seem to be any way that they can pull away and have comfortable victories. And that's just what's kind of concerning for me. So I'll ask you one more time, if it's you right now with the team now back on the winning side of things, 
Are you making a change at quarterback, or do you you stick with this Andy Dalton situation going forward? As much as I would love to see either a Jameis Winston or a Taysom Hill-led Saints offense at this point, with the super odd opportunity we have to make the playoffs, I think you, you might have to keep it with Dalton at this point. Maybe include Taysom more. Run a two-quarterback system if you have to. I mean, we already kind of do, but I would not be opposed to doing that at all and including him more. But I think as far as handing over the reins to the offense, I, if they want to make the playoffs, I'd say stick with Andy Dalton. Not guaranteeing we make it. Not guaranteeing we don't. But at the same time, you know, if we were effectively eliminated, I would say let's bring out Jameis or include Taysom more and see what we have futuristically. Andy Dalton's not going to be our guy in the future. I hope I hope not for our own sake, you know, and our own sanity. So that's kind of where I stand on that. Yeah, I'll differ with that. I, I still think I still think if you're going to do it, I don't see you winning three more games with what you have because you haven't been able to string together wins all year. So I'll go ahead and just kind of go contrary to that and say, give me something. I And again, I would love the, and it's, it's funny to me that it hasn't even been talked about. I think Taysom at the quarterback spot full time for the rest of the way is, is the way to go just because, and you look at some of the success, a team that we're going to play next week, the Eagles have had with this system. When you're doing things in the NFL that other teams aren't doing schematically, you have an advantage, you know? And I mean, look, we saw this, you know, at t- different points throughout the league and so Taysom was three and one as a starter, and I don't think that was by accident. I know he didn't beat great teams in that stretch, but it's difficult to defend. Um, and so I think again, in this weird situation, why not try it? But let's talk about this this weird path the Saints have to the playoffs. Okay, um, they're five and nine, and Tampa six and eight. Of course, if you would have just kept a certain double digit lead you had in the second half, you would be leading this division by a full game. Um, so that is, you know, and in a great tiebreaker situation. So that's something that is still going to just eat away at me that the Saints were not able to close it out against the Bucks. But you're one game back of Tampa, as simple as that. You have an opportunity to beat Carolina straight straight up, so they would not be a factor in this situation. And you have the tiebreaker against Atlanta. So none of those those two teams are not the issue. It's all about Tampa, who you are down a game and down the tiebreaker. So essentially, without getting into some weird three-way tiebreaker where it goes to the Saints on you know second and third tiebreakers, I, I will admit I haven't gotten that far into the playoff machine, but I will take a look this week, depending on the results, and you can promise next week, if it's still a factor, if the Saints win and the Bucks lose or something like that, I will have the playoff machine scenarios ready. But it's as simple as Tampa losing two more games and you winning out. Um, and you take a look at their schedule coming ahead. Look, they play Arizona this week. The Cardinals haven't been playing great. Um, they play the Panthers the week after that and the Falcons to close the season. So for me, it's still not super realistic. But the thing that gives you hope is that Tampa is just really not great right now. Um, and, and you go back to they haven't really had an impressive performance. Except the last three minutes against the Saints. I mean, when have they really shown you they beat Seattle 21 16? That's probably their most impressive victory, um, you know, since early on in the season. So. Do you have hope that this Bucks team is just going to fall apart the way you need them to and lose to teams that they probably should be beating? Well, it, it's crazy to think about it and think about a team with Tom Brady leading the helm, just full on collapsing at this point in the year. But I, in a weird way, I can see it happening. I mean, 
like you said, they're playing the card. They've got what Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons, or vice versa. However, yep. that schedule is laid out. They go to Arizona this week, and they're playing against a Trace McSorley-led Arizona offense. Now, with that being said, the Bucks have lost their past five games playing a backup quarterback. <laughs> could could be that time. Could be a weird way, and it could be this is how it sets up the Saints for playoffs. But it's going to be tough to see them lose against Arizona. On a side note, though, I can see them losing to the Falcons and Panthers because Tampa's just like us. They cannot stop the run, and their offense in many ways is a lot like the Saints. They, they can't put up points. So if you let a team like Atlanta run, you, run the ball down your throat and put up some points early, it's going to be really hard to see that Bucks team come back. And same thing with the Panthers. And the Panthers, to me, have at least a competent defense to kind of handle Brady at this point in the season. So – it's a weird scenario, but it's realistic. I give it a shot of happening. Now, the other side of that, of course, is that the Saints have to win all their games, right? So that's that's kind of <laughs> where you get into the uh, you talk about unrealistic, things, right? Things that can happen. Um, but let's take a look. Okay, the Saints play Cleveland this weekend. It's expected to be pretty bad weather. Um, probably an ugly game. Look, Cleveland's still kind of figuring out their offense. Of course, you've had new quarterback come in. Deshaun Watson's been playing. It hasn't looked pretty. You have a chance to win that game, I would say certainly. Um, if you get through Cleveland, and I know we're, we're doing this for the sake of talking about it. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that Cleveland game in a minute. But if you get through Cleveland, you have the Eagles. Of course, the best record in the NFL, they're 13-1. and But Jalen Hurts right now is dealing with some injury concerns. He's not... Uh, we will see if he plays. It's kind of been very up in the air as far as he's maybe saying, maybe I can play this week, but you know, other reports say maybe he's going to be out a couple of weeks. I think that opens the door. I don't think a healthy Jalen Hurts team, I don't think the Saints have much of a chance to go into Philly and win that game. But if you're on a backup quarterback, again, we said it, let's get weird. You know, that might be the title of this podcast, right? Um, if you get into a situation like that, then I think you have a chance against Philly if you're playing a backup quarterback. And then you close it out with the Panthers at home, who, again, they beat you earlier in the season in a game you certainly feel like you should have won, but they're beatable. So that's my path, and that's kind of the side I'm seeing it for the Saints. I feel like if you get that win uh, against the Browns in what could be you know, kind of a weird, potentially snowy or at least very cold and windy type game, um, you get some things done. Who knows? We'll see. So that's that's where I'm at with that. What do you think the likelihood is that the Saints finish season three now? Well, it, it, to me, it all depends on Jalen Hurts, like you brought up. I, I don't see us beating a fully healthy Philadelphia Eagles team. They're just they're firing in all cylinders right now, and their strong point and strong suit of that team is exactly the one thing that concerns me about this Saints defense. They run the ball. I mean, they run the air out of the ball up there in Philly, and we've seen what Jalen Hurts has done to us the past few games that we've played against him. So it, I, I see us, we have a really good shot of winning in Cleveland this weekend. You know, like you brought up, Deshaun Watson hasn't looked sharp yet. He's still rusty. It is what it is. And their offense as a whole has not looked well. Panthers are a beatable team, but Philly is a juggernaut. It really comes down to what's going to happen with Hurts and his shoulder. All right, let's talk about the Browns game a little bit more as we as we go in and preview, because that is, of course, the game this week. Um, you're going on the road. It's a noon kick on Christmas Eve. Look, the Saints historically haven't been a great cold weather team. Now, I don't think they're built much like many of those teams that dealt with Drew Brees and kind of trying to get the passing game going in those scenarios. Um, 
The big news this week, of course, that was a bit of a surprise. Cesar Ruiz has been placed on IR. He's going to be out for the year. So that's a big blow. I mean, Ruiz was a bright spot this year. Felt like he was getting better, was kind of finding his footing, um, and, and was really a good sign for the future. Now you lose him, and so we will see what they decide to do as far as shuffling that offensive line. Maybe Penning's going to start and you move Hurst inside. We'll see, but um, that's big, too, because you met, as we talked about, going into these cold-weather stadiums um, with the passing game not being as effective, you're going to want to try and establish the run, and the Saints just lost a big part of you know their running game, and that's their, their starting guard. So I'm concerned about it, um, to say the least. I don't know if you're going to be able to do a lot of the things you wanted to do without Ruiz in there. Um, there's only so many times you can shuffle around the offensive line. And we've dealt with this over the years, right? Building depth is so key at that spot. Cause there's just only so many times you can shuffle it around till the guys that you have out there are just not quite as good as the guys across from them. No, and uh, it's unfortunate. And it's crazy to think about how this season started with us talking about lack of depth at the offensive line, you know, that position group as a whole. So it, it's going to be interesting, you know, Maybe, like you said, we start pinning just to kind of get a bruiser in there. And, hey, pinning played in the cold. Maybe this is kind of his showcase game, getting back into the rhythm of things. But losing, you know, Ruiz, it's a shame because he really was showing a lot of signs of improvement and development and was becoming a very serviceable lineman. So it's a shame to see him go down. We, you know, we wish him the best of luck and hope that he's back ready full speed next year. But, Ed Brown's defensive line is is very stout and very tough, so it's it's going to be a matchup. It's going to be a very hard-fought battle this week. Well, I'll flip it over. Uh, look, the Browns average 150 yards rushing a game. They're not dominant on that side of the ball, but it is what they like to do. They like to run the football with Nick Chubb to kind of set things up. We mentioned it's it's kind of weird, and it's a really small sample size because – it's a different situation now with Watson back there, a guy who's, you know, more talented quarterback, but like we said, is not playing well right now. I'm not sure he gets back to the level he was at. Um, and, you know, if he's given that type of opportunity, if the Browns are going to build this offense around him, but right now they're in a bit of a weird spot and he's going to finish out playing the rest of this season, but they're definitely a team that you can slow down. And I think plays to the saints advantage in that aspect of things. My biggest concern though, is just, that factor of stopping the run and you know, the Browns that's what they're going to try to do. No doubt about it, especially if the weather's a factor. So that's my concern. And I'm just not sure how you really match up. And, you know, I, I expect you to get a heavy dose of Nick Chubb and it's just whether or not you're going to be ready for that. I think it's, I think it's pretty simple this week. Yeah. I mean, that if, if I'm, you know, the saints coaching staff and I'm the front office and everybody, you know, the message this week is just stop the run. You got to figure it out. I think Deshaun Watson, we can handle fairly well. He's still shaking off rust, you know, and it's on top of a bad weather game. I think they're saying it's going to be negative five up there with a with a shot of snow. I mean, no one likes to play in that. But, you know, it, it's going to be, like you said, a heavy dose of Nick Chubb. Don't forget about Kareem Hunt. He's still back there. And I wouldn't be shocked to see, you know, some possible design run plays for Watson just to kind of get him get those legs moving. So it's going to be interesting, and the defense has to step up. Has to step up because if we give up points early, we've seen what this team does when they're in the hole, and it doesn't look pretty. Yeah. So that I again, that's we don't even have to go too, too, too much further on it. I think it comes down to stopping the run and maybe trying to run the football yourself. Um, well, it'd be interesting to see. By the way, if Eno Benjamin's active this week, we saw David Johnson. 
um, come in and we've talked about that running back depth. That's something that, you know, we, I think they know the saints know it's a problem. Um, but David Johnson didn't do anything. I would say to inspire confidence, you need somebody to help out Camara Cause this could be a game where you're running the ball 30, 40, you know, times. So we'll see if Benjamin gets activated. I have a feeling he might, and maybe that gives you a spark, but overall let's go to the matchups here. And I'm not going to, you know, go with anything unexpected. I'm going with that saints offensive line shuffling the pieces around. We'll see where everything lands. You know, I don't even, we're not even sure here sitting here on Wednesday, what it's going to be, who's going to be starting where, but let's see what we can put together and see if they can hold up. Uh, the Browns, you know, not an elite front seven, but certainly a decent one. Um, that's going to be able to put some pressure on you. Does a decent job. You know, when you look at their defensive numbers, they're not a team that's really kind of stacked one way or the other as far as defending the pass and defending the run. They give up 222 through the air, 133 on the ground. Um, so let's see what this O-line can do. Can they create a surge up front for the running game and then allow Dalton and or Taysom Hill some time to throw? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and go on the flip side of you. And I'm going to see what this Saints front seven and this Saints defensive line, linebacking core, that whole little scenario and squad back there, what they can do to stop the run this week. It's going to be a huge matchup, and we need them to come together. I mean, like I said, they got gaffed this past week against Atlanta, and Atlanta has a very efficient, potent rushing attack. But when you think about some of the best pure runners in the league, you think of Nick Chubb and you think of the Cleveland Browns offense because they're built to run the ball. So defense certainly needs to pull it together this week and make some stops. All right. We'll do game picks. Why not? Um, I've gone back and forth on this one. You know, look, the Browns come in two and a half point favorites. It's, it is going to be a weird game. And so I don't know why, but I've got, I've got a feeling that this team pulls out a win. I think, cause what do the saints do best when you think about it? It's give you false hope. So I'm going by that line of thinking here. I think the saints are going to, Put a little pep in everybody's holiday weekend. Have them thinking ahead to the new year, thinking that the playoff runs alive, and then I think it comes crashing down after that. But for this one, I think they get it done. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 1914 because I, I don't. I don't want to give the Saints offense enough credit to say they'll get to 20. So I'll give them 19 and think the defense plays well enough. Offense makes just enough plays, and you win this game by five. Well, look, you're giving them more credit than I am, but. Uh... I, I'm going to take a Saints win this week, and it's going to be a, a weird one. I'm going Saints 13, Browns 10. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be messy up there, cold, snowy, and just a weird environment, weird game for both these teams. And like I said, this is a Saints team that it's that time of the year. Give us some false hope, you know, get a win against the Browns, make it look like we'll make the playoffs just to go out there and probably get just massacred against Philly, you know, the week after. It's the Saints type of thing to do, especially during the holiday season. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Why not? Saints football on Christmas Eve. Let's see what happens. Um, so with that being said, for Mason Nunez, this has been Dawson Iserlow. We will be back next week talking about, hopefully, a Saints victory on the holiday week and looking forward to a game against Philadelphia where we're going to try and get even weirder than we do this week. Let's get weird, man. Let's get it.